Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome to episode 93 of With Heart and Wonder. Today's episode is so special, and I think you're really going to love it. We're exploring how we can use art as a vehicle for self-discovery, for healing, for growth, even if you don't know anything about art or don't think you're an art person. Today's guest, Cindy Ingram, is just like such a delight, and she's created this beautiful approach to engaging with art in a way that is just so accessible and potent and powerful, and I think you're really going to love it. Let me tell you about Cindy. Cindy Ingram is a writer, artist, poet, podcaster, educator, and entrepreneur. She's dedicated her life to bringing the magic of art connection to others. A former art museum educator, art teacher, and the founder and CEO of Art Class Curator, Cindy is passionate about taking art out of dark, stuffy lecture halls and bringing it into the hearts, minds, and lives of everyone. She measures her success with the volume of tears shed. In this episode, we're going deep into how we can use art as a way to really journey closer to ourselves. And and I definitely know that in my own life, there are these times when there's something below the surface that I just am not able to access. And maybe an area in life where I'm feeling stuck or something I don't even know is there that needs to be processed. And whether it is through visual art mediums or music or a film, or there's something that lets me journey closer to that truth that is inside me. You're going to hear in this episode stories from Cindy about just that and how you can create more of those moments in your life by savoring art. Let's dive in. Welcome, Cindy. I am just so excited to have you on the podcast today. I want to start us off today with a quote that I believe is actually on the back of your incredible book. And you talk about how art is more than just something to appreciate or learn about or look at, but that it has the power to heal, give clarity, hold space, and do magic. Can you tell us a little bit more about your perspective of art and and your relationship with art? You know, I've been obsessed with art my entire life from... I mean, I don't remember a time when I wasn't. And I always, there was always this just pull that it, that it had on me. And when I was a kid, it was about making art. It was drawing and I was obsessed with Disney movies because I didn't have like art museums nearby. So I was in kind of a smaller town in the middle of nowhere. And um, Disney movies were my only chance to really experience art. And so when I would go to the movies and watch the movies, I would feel this like swell of emotion and this, this connection to my humanity that I couldn't explain. Like I can say that now what it was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but back then I was just like, I don't know what it is, but I have to keep experiencing it. And then I just, you know, still making art, but then I discovered like art, art, like fine art, looking at art, art history, um, when I was a junior in high school. And from then on out, I was just obsessed with looking at art. My junior year of high school, um, I took a Europe trip. My high school English teacher did an art history class and a Europe trip. And I stacked a bunch of groceries so I could go on that trip. And I realized for the first time, I was like, oh, people get to spend their whole lives just like looking at art. Like I looked at the, like the guards and like the people that worked at the museums. And I'm like, these people are the luckiest people in the world. So I, I decided I wanted to work in museums. And then I started teaching art and I, t- I taught in the museums. And, and it was always like art is like, okay, we're talking about the meaning of it or the history or the context. Or we're talking about like the line and the shape and the color and how the, the technique and you know, I'm I'm talking about all this stuff, but that's not what art was about for me. Like when I would go to a museum by myself and look at art, art was more. It was 
it was something different, something special, something I couldn't explain. And it was something, it was just more than all of the things. And so it took me a really long time of just trying to figure this out to like really pinpoint it. So I started my website, um, my business almost 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years on April 1st of 2024. And it's helping art teachers show art to students. And, you know, I'm teaching them, but, but along the way, I'm like, we're missing something guys, we're missing something. And it was always this, just this other thing. And I just couldn't explain it. And then what I finally realized what was happening for me when I look at art is that I was bringing myself and everything that happened to me, all of my internal world, all of my past experiences, my personality, my things I cared about, like my full humanity was coming to this artwork. And then it was kind of resonating with the whole internal world, trauma, experiences, life of the artist who created that. And, and what's meeting in the middle is the work of art. And, and the things that I would resonate with are the things that like touched me about that artist's humanity or whatever. So it, it became this like place where I felt seen and understood in a way that I never felt seen and understood in my normal life. I always felt, you know, I'm neurodivergent, late diagnosed. And like, I didn't know, I I knew I was different, but I didn't know why, but I knew when I was with art that I was welcome there and I was safe and that I could feel my feelings in a safe way. And so I started to realize like, yeah, art is not about appreciating it because that that puts art above us when we say we're going to appreciate it. It's like, okay, we can appreciate it. It makes us cultured. It makes us, um, you know, like better people when we look at art. But really, like, it's just not about that. And it's not about history. It's not about, like, the making of it. It's about connection and that, and, like, magical space. And I found that, like, through my interactions with art, I was able to heal through all my trauma and through all of my anxiety and come to a place of wholeness. And so art really is about um, the human connection and humanity more than everything else. So a very long answer to your, (laughs) to your question. (laughs) I love the depth though, and the richness in what you just described. And I feel like it's so relatable that we've all had a moment where we're touched by something and can't put words to it. And whether it is through art or whether it is a piece of dance or a piece of music or just like a breathtaking scenery. And what I love and just so deeply appreciate about your work is giving people the tools and the questions and the words to get a little bit curious about what those feelings are and how we can make connection between what is in front of us and um, and ourselves. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I can't look at art. But I'm like, you've experienced this. You've heard a song that stopped you in your tracks and made you cry. You've seen a movie yes. where you got so captivated that you just lost yourself. You've seen, you've, you've been to the Grand Canyon or whatever, and you've had that moment. And in aesthetics philosophy, they call it the sublime, you know, this moment that just is so, um, so incredibly amazing. that just like removes you from yourself. And it was that that was just kind of like pulling me along. And a lot of people just kind of experience that and then move on. But yeah. I'm like, oh, let's stay there. Can we stay there? And so that's what that's what I did when I created this program that I run the Art Connection Circle. I'm like, let's find that that place of curiosity, of wonder, of awe, of like feeling deeply connected. And let's stay there as long as we can and be as curious and, and compassionate with ourselves as we can and like see what we can figure out. And it's it's really magical when you can make what's usually kind of a fleeting moment and you prolong it and you really spend time in it and luxuriate in it and savor it. Like it's some really powerful stuff can happen. Mm, I was so lucky. I had the chance to attend one of your free workshops that you did, Art as Oracle, where I got to experience a little bit of this in the group container and looking at a piece of art together, making connections and it was so potent, so powerful, such a just like it's it's hard to describe yes. <laughs> everything that I felt <laughs> as part of it. But one of the things that you you said really, really stood out to me um, right near the beginning. And you said, you know, we're all born meaning makers. And I feel like that is just 
an, another way of, of saying what you just shared with us, but that, you know, we don't need to understand all of the fancy art terminology. I certainly don't. And we don't yeah. need to be intimidated by not having the words for, you know, the certain type of style or the certain like use of color or type of brushstroke, but that we can really have um, a, a deep and powerful experience without all of that, just with ourselves. And I feel like that is such an empowering way to reframe our relationship with art. Because I think a lot of us are walking around going like, mm, I never took that art history class. I wish I did. Yeah. Yeah. They think, you know, I, I used to do this activity when I taught college, uh, a college art appreciation class. And I would have the students, the, the assignment was to, to go to an art museum. Um, but before I had them go in class, we did an assignment where it, I would have them write, if an art museum were a person, what would that person be like? Like, what would they drive? What would their job be? You know, all the things. And the the answers to that were so telling. You know, it was always like some, some like really snobby, like hipster type of person who drove like a fancy car and like wore these fashionable clothes. But like the overall theme was they're better than me. I'm never going to be like that. The art museum is not for me. That, that, that person is not relatable. That person I can't, um, I can't see myself interacting with. Like it was always just someone else, someone far away, someone not connected to who you are. And we, we do that. And it's like, it's kind of a joke and people in my, in, even in my family, I'm like, we're all like, what are we going to do? You know, when we're out at, like on vacation together and there, and there, someone will say, let's go to the art museum. And then they all laugh. <laughs> I'm just like, you guys, come on. You know, like that's my whole life. Um, but it is, it's like, we feel like one, it's one, we're going to be bored when we're there because we don't know what we're looking at Two, We feel like we have to know what we're looking at. We feel like we have mm. to know all the vocabulary. And then at three, it's like, something it, it's better than it's better than me and I'm not good enough to understand it I'm not smart enough to understand it and that's the culture we live in in our education systems and in we're taught that all of the answers are somewhere else like I'm um, even in like you know online business like when I the first you know half of my running a business it was all about I'm going to get the answers from other people they're going to tell me what to do and then finally I realized I'm like no all of the answers for most of the things in our lives we have. Yeah. Um, and we don't need to go on Facebook and crowdsource, you know, what should I do about this? Or what should I do about that? And it'll just like slow down and like think about it and feel, mm -hmm. feel into it, into your body, into your like, what's your gut telling you? What does your body tell you? And we have all of those answers. And, and the same is true for experiencing art. You're a human. You have human emotions. You have human experiences you're, you're born to experience art. Art is, you know, the first thing, I mean, art came before agriculture. Art is just a natural thing that people do. And, mm -hmm. um, you already know how to experience it. You already know how to make it. You already, you know, you just know. So trust in that knowing. Mm. It strikes me in, in hearing you share and reflect that, one of the things is, and I so deeply believe it's like one of my core foundational beliefs that like we have all the answers inside of us. Mm -hmm. And yet, because exactly like you talked about the way that we've been conditioned and brought up, it's hard to connect with those feelings and experiences and the wisdom inside of us. And I, for me, what I've experienced in my own life is sometimes like having this thing to almost like act as a mirror yeah. Like art or like a book or like a film or like a dance piece or a conversation with a friend, but that that thing can actually help me get closer to myself. Yes. Like it's almost like, um, I don't know, like the fast lane or something, but it's not necessarily fast, but it just, it it's like a little portal. It transports you because it's like, you're not looking right on. Right. And so right. it helps you shift your perspective. Um, I would love to know some examples from your own life about the way in which art has helped you shift your perspective and find your way back to your own wholeness. Yeah. Okay. I have so many moments. I think that the, the most profound one is, is the story I tell a lot and I, I'm going to tell it again because I just, it's the most profound one. Um, when I was 23, I had graduated college and I was doing, um, 
working in an art museum teaching as a gallery teacher. And I was applying to get my PhD in art history because I was obsessed with art. I was like, learn more about art. And then I go to um, an exhibit. I live in Dallas. And then in um, 2004, the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, was closed for renovations. And so they sent all of the famous art from MoMA to Houston to the museum there. And so it had like Starry Night and it had, you know, a lot Monet's Water Lilies and all the Kandinsky paintings and the Melting Clocks, the Dali's Persistence of Memory. It had like all these like famous paintings. And I was like 23 and four. So I never gone to New York to be able to see these in person. So we we went to go to that exhibit, drove in one day, there and back. And I get to the to the exhibit and I, it was New Year's Day and it was so it was really crowded. And like I I see Starry Night and I'm like kind of weaving through all the people. And I turn around the corner to the second room of the exhibit and there was a painting by Picasso, Girl Before a Mirror. And I and I've had emotional reactions to art before, um, but it's usually always been about ones I've learned about in school and I had like strong reactions to or or something. But this one, I like it almost like was I was punched in the gut. Like I just like the mm. breath left me and I and I just instantly I was I started to cry like my, my chest was pounding. I like I could not I like could not even contain it. It was so powerful of an experience. And so I like beeline to it, you know, <laughs> get to a guy that must get there. Thankfully, like no one else was looking at it. I don't know. It wasn't on the audio guide tour, but like I had the painting basically to myself the whole time, which is the weirdest thing because it was like magnificent. Why wasn't everyone else looking at it? And I stood there. I didn't time it, but my husband did the entire rest of the exhibit came all the way back through and I was still standing in front of this painting and and it was like at that time in my life like I had very severe social anxiety and the severest of my social anxiety was my early 20s like that was that was you know I was 23 that's like peak (laughs) that was my peak social anxiety um but I at that time I knew I had social anxiety so I was like I knew I had it there was a while I had it, but didn't know I had it. And, and so I, I had that going on. And then I was also, you know, still trying to like tell everyone else how smart and and perfect I was. Like I was trying to be, um, accomplished. I was trying to, you know, I, I, I felt so different in the world and I had this like internal world that was just kind of an anguish, but like, I wanted everyone else to, to see that I was fine. And what this painting is is a picture of a girl before a mirror it's called girl before a mirror the girl in the in the outside of the mirror like she's kind of like blonde and she has like you can see her like she has a blush on and she's she's like more beautiful and like put together but her reflection is um like a lot of deep purples and like teals and like uh, dark blues and she has a, like an orange tear coming from her eye Um, and then there's like this big, like, you can't really see her eyes. There's like this big, like teal thing over her whole forehead. And like, and I, what I saw, I was like, this is me. I was like, I am trying to appear and hold myself together, but the inside is not going well, (laughs) you know? And so I was like, I'm seeing my reflection. I don't know how to fix it. You know, I was like, "I, I know I'm in this place, but like, I felt, I guess, less alone and, this was 2003, like, like no, I don't think any social media existed at this time. Maybe, maybe MySpace did, but like, you know, there weren't people online talking about their experiences. Like I didn't have, um, enough vulnerability to know other, what other people's experiences of life was. Cause I didn't want to reveal that I was struggling so bad. So like, I just felt like just completely alone. And in that moment, even though I know it wasn't like, it wasn't Picasso painting himself because he didn't want, he didn't really do that. He just painted the woman that he like, what I'm, I won't get into the, <laughs> I don't, I don't think about Picasso's life because if I think too hard about it, it'll ruin the magic of his art. But like, I just felt seen and held and like, I understood. And then also at the same time, my like mental health is being examined in front of me while at the same time, I'm like super enthralled by like the process of what happened to me when I saw that painting and what's continuing to happen to me. Like I couldn't, I could not, I tried to leave that painting multiple. I could not step away from it. And so like, I had this thing of like, what if I learned too much and then it loses its magic? Like, what if I, 
yeah, I felt like if I stepped away and came back, like that like spell that it had over me would go away. And so I was like, I'm about to try to get my PhD in art history. Like, what if that ruins art's magic? And you know, that was me at the time going, I don't need someone else to tell me the history of the art. Like, I'll, I have me and that's it. Um, and so like both of those things are happening simultaneously. I left and like wrote a four page essay. Some of those words actually made it into the book because I, I saved it um, and and realized and like changed my whole career. I like stopped my PhD applications and then ended up studying art education instead because I was like, I need everyone else to experience this too. I want everyone else to know how powerful this is. And since that moment, that's really what I've been doing is like, I want, I want everyone to experience this because it was so cool. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. can you do it? Can you experience this too? Um, so it was like, yeah, it was like a two, twofold thing happening. And it was one of my most powerful moments I've had. Um, I have like the goosebumps as you talk about it and just picturing your feet almost like stuck to the ground, but that spell and not wanting it to break. Like, I I feel like, I don't know, I've had those moments. I feel like most people have where it's just, there's, there's something so special about a moment of time that we're in. Yeah. I, I know you just said in that moment, you knew that you wanted to share this with other people. And, and help people experience that same thing. I would love to talk for a moment about how we can use art mm-hmm. for self-discovery, um, especially if someone listening does feel intimidated. Like you said, they have their image or their idea of like what is inside an art gallery or um, even just mm, because I know that we live in such like a fast paced world. And I think sometimes if we don't get struck by like this incredible moment within the first like few minutes, we, we just like pass on to the next thing. And I know that like, sometimes we have to actually like really sit with something really like let ourselves like get into it and, and feel the different layers, which might shift as we continue to look at something. Yeah, I think, I guess what I would first say is to start by paying attention to your feelings. Most of us were taught, if you're going to feel your feelings, feel them quickly and feel them alone and get through them so that you're not inconveniencing anyone else. Or like, we're scared of our feelings. So like, if, if we, we feel a feeling, we immediately like distract ourselves, shut it down, you know, like, okay, no, we don't, we don't want that to happen. Cause we're just scared of feeling. I did research the other day. This is kind of a side note, pardon my ADHD for a moment, but those goosebump moments, you said you got chills. And I was like, I get those all the time. And I was like, what's happening? So I Googled it and it was like, it's a nervous system response. It's a fight or flight response. And it is a, a hormone response or like a neurotransmitter response where your skin tightens up. And that's why your hair stands up and it's like a porcupine, like shooting mm-hmm. its quills out. And I was like, I'm feeling such a powerful emotion by something someone said or something I saw. My body feels something and then immediately thinks it's in danger. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is wild. You know, like that we are just conditioned to like think feelings are dangerous, but it makes sense evolutionary. I, I will... I could talk about that for six hours. So well, I'll, I'll stop. But um, it's just to write, really pay attention because I know like if I see something or if I'm in an art museum, one is to go in not thinking I'm going to have a profound experience today. Uh, you know, you don't put any expectations on yourself. And I, I even can't do that with me because I go in, I'm like, I don't know what's going to come up today. And sometimes something won't come up and I'm going to be disappointed, but it's like, it's okay. But to like pay attention to like little nudges that your body gives you. So like if you walk in and you see something in one of the paintings and it sparks just something, like maybe it's like um, a a feeling of delight or maybe it's a feeling of wonder or maybe it's a feeling of um, anxiety. Something in it prompted some little tiny thing that you wouldn't even really spend any time on because... Um, it was just a little, a little pop, a little pop of emotion that we just kind of move on. But if, when you feel that little like thing pop up, just like, okay, there's something here for me. Something in this painting is reaching out to something in me. Let's be curious about what that is Um, and not judge what it is and just kind of be compassionate and curious about like what's happening 
um, between you and that painting. And then just to stay with it. You know, when I, I do some workshops like in museums sometimes, and I'll have everyone just spend like 20 minutes with one work of art. And the first time I did that, I was like, oh, they're going to hate me for this. <laughs> you know, I was like, they're not going to like this. And then uh, 20 minutes later, we all convene again. But everybody was like, we needed more time. So just, you know, don't go to the Met Museum. Be like, I'm going to see the whole museum today. And then you feel exhausted and you feel overstimulated and you've seen everything. And then you don't remember anything you've seen because you saw too much. But like, just go to one thing and stay with it. It's really about, I think, quality of, of the experience. And then just see what happens. I mean, museums will often have like stools. You can ask the guard and be like, do you have a stool? Because I want to stay here for a minute. And it's like really hard to stand in one place for that long. And they'll give you a stool. So um, just hang out with it. And then just like, listen to your thoughts, pay attention to what is happening when you're looking at it and just like luxuriate in the art for a little bit. And then you can try to interpret it. You can like think about the emotions. And then I always, I kind of have a four-step process, which you learned in that workshop. But I like to ask myself kind of near the end of, well, I usually kind of go there right away because my brain is trained to at this point, but is to be like, well, what in this artwork reminds me of my own life? Like, what can I learn about myself by looking at this? And then what message does this artwork have for me? And that always comes up with some something really cool, but you're not often able to answer that question until you've spent time like interpreting it and thinking about all of the things in it. So I would say, yeah, pay attention to your little nudges and then just be curious about them. No judge them and just like, let them, let them lead you. Mm -hmm. Such good advice. It, um, it makes me think, I, I mean, I grew up going to, so I live in the capital of Canada. So we have the national, um, art gallery here. Mm -hmm. My grandparents were like card carrying members. And so whenever they were in town, you know, like taking care of us, like I spent a lot of time at the national art gallery, um, but didn't really like feel like I knew anything about what I was looking at as a, as a kid and, and growing up and always felt like I was bad at art, but I went to, or actually just like local art gallery, I think in my early twenties and the guide there was suggesting that we just look around the room and just pick one painting, mm -hmm. like you've said, and just just go to that one and just spend some time with it. And it actually ended up inspiring me. It's one of my favorite workshops I've ever done. Um, I've taught yoga for over 12 years, and I had this chance to do uh, uh, to teach a yoga workshop that was at an art gallery. It was um, a Christy Belcour exhibit who is like um, a mixed media, Métis visual artist. And um, and what we did, it was like two and a half hours. And it was, I had everyone meditating in front of a piece of art and then bringing it into their body and moving with the piece of art. Mm -hmm. And it was just so rich I, you know, I, I can only imagine someone like you guiding it. It would have been that much more powerful. But but again, like everyone was able to like have this experience with with whatever piece they picked. And 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 it was something that like when you spend a while, like even the piece that we did when we did the art is Oracle, like that piece has been in my head now for mm -hmm. weeks. Like I can still see it. And I I I feel like it it develops an experience that can be, that can become a part of us that almost like weaves into us. Yeah. Yeah. They, be, these artworks become like little, like your friends in your, mm. uh, you know, in your psyche. And it, I love like the experience you said at the, at the museum and like, and, and something you had said earlier, which um, I think I didn't get, I didn't comment on. Cause I was, it was like in preface to a question, but like, yeah, it, it, when you, when you are looking at a work of art, listening to a song or, you know, whatever it is, like it, it feels safer to explore elements of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine in the yoga, it's safer to explore different movements that you wouldn't normally do. You'd be like, oh, I feel really stupid doing this. But if you're looking at a work of art, you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm being inspired by that. And and, you know, my programs, you know, it's, we, we, we 
get in a room together on Zoom and we talk about our feelings and we look at art and we, it gets vulnerable instantly um, because we feel safe with the art. The art is, it's, it's like, I feel like I'm holding the space for the container for sure as a facilitator, but it's like the art is holding the space. Like the art is like a grounding thing that is holding us all together. And, and so instantly, like in the art connection circle, like um, I've had people who I, I put up a work of art and, and they instantly start to cry because they're like, oh, this is, this is exactly how I feel about the grief of someone dying. Like, or this, this is exactly how I feel feel about having just recovered from cancer and finished my cancer treatment. And now like where I'm at in my life, it's like, this is just how I feel at right now. <laughs> and it's like that. And, and if we would, if we were to be in the room together without the art mm. and I asked, how are y'all feeling today? Um, we would just be chit chatty. We would just be like, Oh, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. But you know, or, but it's like the art allows us to instantly get to like the core of who we are, the core of our emotions. And it allows us like to, um, to be there in a way that doesn't feel really scary. I just had my first art connection circle this round, um, this week. And we were looking at this artwork. It's called, um, rested heart by Peggy Lipshoots. And it's a woman who is, um, it's in my book. So if you get my book, it's in the, it's in, it's in there, but, uh, she is holding, she like has, it looks like her heart has been kind of ripped from her chest. And it's like this armored thing. And there's like light peeking out. And we talked about it for a while. And that's the painting, like two people in, in past programs. And this one have said that it represents that, that when they see it, they see exact representation of their grief. But I asked them to after we'd done the interpretation, I asked the participants, I'm like, look inside that glowing light of that heart. Like, what is it telling you? Like, what message does it have for you? And someone in the program was like, I instantly, when I got to that question, I felt immediate resistance. Like, I did not want to look in there. <laughs> I did not want to see what was in there. And she was like, I had no idea that I was that resistant. She was like, I know I'm hiding things from, you know, I know I'm masking to other people. But like, I'm hiding stuff from myself even. And she didn't know, she didn't even know it until that happened. So it was really powerful for her to like realize that resistance and then have to feel it. And like, she almost shut down and she almost didn't share it with us because she was like so freaked out by it. But it was like, that's, that's what's happening in our bodies when we're doing all of this kind of self-development work and looking at art. There's so many like fear responses and, and it's, it's really hard work to do. Um, yeah. But the art allows us to do it in a way that feels safer. Um, mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And lets us, yeah, it gives us language and expression or access to different, yes. different parts of our brain. Metaphor. It makes me think of something I heard you say in another interview and, and it was like that, like, 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 whoa moment, um, uh, which was when I look at art, I can't hide from who I am. Mm. Like, gosh, like, like that's powerful. Yeah. 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 And in that moment and in the, the workshop this week, like she couldn't, she was like, I'm here. I signed up for a program that's about self-discovery through art. And now I have to face that. And there's some things I think you can't, you can't work on until you're ready. Like of course. I, I tell a story in the book. Um, it's kind of later in the book and I almost didn't include it in the book because it felt too personal, but it was about my marriage and how I was feeling in my marriage. And I was doing all the self-development work, you know, going to therapy and I was getting coaching and I'm doing hypnosis and, you know, I'm like doing all the things and looking at art and doing it. like, but like if it came to my marriage, I would not let anyone talk to me about that. And I wouldn't talk to anyone about it because I was like, I was scared. I was like, if I open that, I'm not going to be able to close it. Like if yeah. I open that and then, and I reveal what, what I'm feeling, then I, I'm going to have to face it and I'm not ready to face it yet. Um, and I did face it and it, it turned out really great. Um, not everything that I've faced have, has turned out great, but that one did <laughs> thankfully. Um, but yeah, when the art is there, it's just like, and when it's so clear, when the message feels so clear, it's like, it's what tells me it's like, okay, now's the time you really need to do this. Mm. Um, like that story I just kind of said in passing about the, the person with cancer, like she came into the program and she was like, I'm not going to tell everyone in the program about my cancer. She had just finished her treatment. She was clear or whatever. Like, and she was like, I'm ready to move on. Like, 
I don't want to make that a part of my story. I need to rediscover who I, you know, go back to who I was before this cancer thing happened. And then I put up the first work of art and she just immediately broke into tears and told us the whole thing. She was like, the art didn't let me, didn't let me hide that from y'all. And it didn't let me hide it from myself either because I was, you know, I was going to try to be not, not be cancer survivor as part of my identity, but I, it has to be because it is now a part of my identity. And now I have to learn how to be me and be a cancer survivor, you know, and how to move forward from a like place of not. Uh, I guess a more authentic aligned place of not um, denying parts of yourself mm-hmm. and the art told her you can do that. You know, you're, you're, you're a lot, you can do it. You'll be able to figure this out. So. Mm. It just strikes me all the ways in these stories that you're sharing, but that we can draw not even just like inspiration and clarity, but also strength from mm-hmm. the art. Um, and I love, I love this about your work, the appreciation for wholeness, but also for embodiment and then embodied action with the knowledge yes. as well. I think it's just, it's, it resonates so deeply with how I approach the world and, and what I believe creates really transformative experiences and, and more kind and loving relationships with ourselves. Mm-hmm. I want to be sure, though, that we talk a little bit about your book. And so um, I know we've been talking about it in some ways. And I also know that you started out writing this book and it was going to be a little bit more of like a teaching book. And then it turned into something entirely, well, not entirely different, but something that is like really creative and that no one else other than you could have written. Can you tell us a little bit about your book, the structure of it, um, and and what it was like writing it. Yes. Oh, it was transformational. Um, so the book is called Art is About Being Whole, a memoir. Um, and it is a memoir, obviously. And it is a memoir told through works of art. So each chapter is an artwork that I interpret and use as a metaphor for my story. So like there's a chapter where I talk about shame and I am uh, have a Frida Kahlo painting that I'm talking about shame alongside. And then um, there's like, I was talking about burnout and this painting from Jaws with the shark um, coming up in the swimmer swimming at the top. And so each chapter I, I I tell my story and then interpret the artwork. I also have poetry in there. It was a whole, it was a whole journey. And then by the end of it, I start making my own art and incorporate my own art in the book um, because I hadn't made my own art in about 20 years Um, and started um, at the same time as starting writing this book, I started making art again. And so both of those things feel so like intertwined for me. Um, But yeah, the very first inklings of the book was going to be studying this, uh, this thought of like what happens when someone looks at a work of art and has a powerful experience. And so I interviewed people who had powerful experiences with art. I wanted to hear their stories. And then, and then I was going to have like, uh, like how we get there. And it was going to be more like research-based and telling people experiences. And then like, and then at the same time, I, I have this idea for the art connection circle and I'm, and I'm going on this journey in myself. I'm like, how do I, how do I explain what's happening? Like, well, how do I explain this work that I'm doing? How do I explain how powerful it is? Um, how do I tell people about this? And then the answer of how do I tell people about this is like, you don't tell them, you show them. Um, and I was like, well, of course that's how you do it until people like really see what's possible. They don't, you know, it's, it's, we're meaning makers. We we learn through story and through art. And so I, I had written almost 50,000 words or over 50,000 words. And the book, it was about the same length as the book is now. I started working with my book coach and I'm like, I have this book. It's like almost done. Um, and so we start working together and <laughs> she was so kind. My book coach, Heather Doyle Frazier. It's, and it was like, Half of the book was me trying to explain myself so I don't get criticism, basically, mm-hmm. is what I ultimately end up. I had a whole chapter on, like, why we can inter- interpret art and why it's okay to, because I've had criticism of, like, no, you can't interpret art because that's taking away from the artist and this whole thing. Like, there's some people that believe that, and I 
profoundly disagree with them. And so I had to explain that. And then I had to explain why it was okay that I look at art by other cultures. And why is it okay that I look at art? Like, you know, why is it okay that I'm doing this work? Like all of these chapters about that. There was a whole chapter about gender and like, you know, all this stuff. And then the last half was uh, more themes, like examples. So it was like my experience one of the early ch- one of the chapters I'd written was about my experience looking at Picasso's Guernica, the painting of um, um, the bombing of the town of Guernica during the Spanish uh, Civil War, and and like how when I was looking at that, like how when I saw it, I saw like at the time um, there was all these bombings in Syria, and there was all this stuff on social media about it. And I was seeing that. And then I was like, and how, when I saw Hamilton, like I, there was a, there was a shoot, you know, there's shooting in Hamilton. And I, there was like a school shooting that had happened like right near where I was like physically at watching it. It was like how I'm able to process current events. It was very like academic and it was very much like Brene Brown says, blah, 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 you know? And then um, ultimately Heather was like, what is your goal for this book? And I was like, I want to show people what's possible through looking at art and what, what growth is possible. And I was like, I feel like I, I you know, I, I know I'm a different person than I was before. I, well, I'm more myself than I've ever been. And I have healed so much through this journey of looking at art. And I want to show people that. And she was like, so this is a, a memoir about your path to wholeness through art. And I was like, Yes, it's a memoir. <laughs> so it was like, the minute she said memoir, I was like, it's a memoir. And so then I like, it became so clear. I cut like half the book, like that night. It's, it's almost like I started over because even the stuff that stayed had to be profoundly rewritten. And so I start writing a memoir. And then that was revolutionary in itself because every single chapter that I wrote, um, something in my life happened to have to relive whatever it was. So I was writing about shame and then like I had like some big shame bomb happen. I had to like relearn the, all the lessons. Um, I'm writing the chapter about the my marriage and how I wrote my husband this letter. And then I like found myself in my real life writing another letter. And it was just like, it was really wild. And then also at the same time, I started making art again. Um, and and rediscovering like who I was as a child and like what bits of myself had been left behind. And then one more thing I'll say about this. Like I was in the middle of the book and the middle of the book was really hard to write. Like it was it's in three parts. Part two was really hard because part one was like the past. And it was like all the stuff I worked through. It was like, I, I really thoroughly analyzed all that in therapy. So it was, it was easier to write. But part two was like, really nebulous because it was like, it was all the inner work that I had to do. It's like how to learn to feel my feelings and, um, and stuff like that. And, but there's no like event or story to go along with it. And so I was talking to Heather and I was like, I don't know how to do this because learning to feel my feelings, something didn't happen. I don't have stories. I was like, I just have, I worked on it inside for four or five years. And finally, I feel like I maybe know how to do it. Then I had some coaching and therapy and like, you know, I got there and she was like, well, how do you feel about writing poetry? And I immediately, she said that and I immediately started to cry. So I knew like, I knew she was right. I was like, shoot, it was something I didn't want to face either. I was like, no, I can't. I like was terrified because when I was a kid, I made art all the time, but I also wrote poetry. I still have like volumes of all these poems that I wrote, but I haven't written poetry since I was in high school. And uh, she was like, you don't have to do it. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's okay. You know, Cause I'm like freaking out over here. And then I was like, no, I have to, you have hit like a nerve. Like you've hit a thread at the core of me that I forgot was there. And so I started to write poetry and put it in the book and it was terrifying and exhilarating. I, the next day wrote like one of my favorite poems in the book, but it was like, I just wrote it and it was like, I I have rediscovered something about myself that I forgot was there. And then she was like, I wouldn't tell anybody to write poetry. She was like, I told you, I, 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 she didn't, she said, I didn't even tell you to write poetry. I just suggested that. What do you think about poetry? And I was like, you already write poetry. You just don't know it. And I went back because I was like, well, I need poems Mm -hmm. in the first half of the book if I'm going to start poems now. And I looked back and I was like, there were poems there. All I had to do was like put enters like that. She was just like, you write lyrically and Mm -hmm. poetically. And she was like, I've noticed it before. 
but all it, like all it was in some cases was just formatting it differently like the the poem was already there and i was like oh look at this i have been writing poetry this whole time um so it was like the whole process was like me one testing testing um because you could do a lot of internal gaslighting when you're writing a memoir too because you're like did this really happen like this way? Was it this bad? Am I remembering this right? And then, so then you have to really analyze like, yes, that did really happen. And then things would show up in your life to like prove like, yes, that it did. Like, here's an example of that. So it's like, I had to reheal. I had to open all my wounds and then I had to reheal from them. Um, So it was really uh, quite transformational. And at the end of it, like, I feel like I can, I feel like I can do anything. You know, but I also feel like really raw from it. Like it's still, I'm still like on the aftermath of releasing it. Of course. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a beautiful experience and I'm so proud of it. And that if you read it, there's a time in my life where I couldn't, I couldn't write. I couldn't look at art. I was so burned out. I couldn't even write a couple sentences. I was so burnt out. I would like send it to someone on my team to write. Like I need two sentences written about this. Like I couldn't even do that. And now I like, I wrote a book that I like put poetry in, you know? It's, it's wild, but I'm so proud of it. Yeah. You deserve to be my goodness. Just hearing your journey. I've got like tears in my eyes just <laughs> listening to this journey. And I know, I know that, that those listening will find inspiration and strength in hearing it as well. I wish we could keep talking. Like I, like I truly do. But as we weave our way to the end of this conversation, Cindy, I'm I'm wondering, like, is there anything on your heart or anything that you really want to share with someone who's listening today? Listen to yourself. Like, if there was something in here that when we were talking that, like, sparked a curiosity, sparked uh, an excitement, a delight. I love the name of your podcast because, like, wonder is just one of my favorite um, things. Like, I'd love to live in wonder. And, you know, it, don't, don't shut those things down and like follow the thread. Those things are leading you somewhere yes. um, to wholeness, to a place of, of, of feeling, um, accepting of who you are and knowing of who you are. Um, yeah. Just like keep, keep following those threads. And I think that your listeners probably are the type of people who are following those threads um, if they're listening, but but we always yeah. need the gentle reminder yeah. and the inspiration to keep going, right? Especially yeah. when it feels scary or tough or heavy or like something that others won't understand. So right. I feel like we need to hear that like every day. <laughs> right. Because it is so hard. Like it's easier in many cases just to keep, um, keep sticking your head in the sand. Exactly. Um, but it's so worth it on the other side. You know, okay. it's hard, but worth it. Mm. Oh, Cindy, I have just like adored the everything about this process and getting to have you here. And I want to, of course, do a shout out for many things because you have so many beautiful things in the world. You have your book, Art is About Being Whole. You have an incredible podcast, which is so cool, the concept where you have people come on to your show and you um, have a chance to look at art with them. And then you also have your art connection circle, um, which I have not participated in, but I did go to a workshop leading up to it. And it really was just like such a potent experience. I wrote in my journal the next day about exactly what you talked about earlier, just the depth of connection that I felt with people. Um, and we were only together, I don't like two hours. And yeah, I felt like I like knew people's souls. Like it was just so deep. It's um, so amazing. And like and most of the time they were like little boxes on a screen because we were looking at the art. Like they were these exactly. tiny art. Some people didn't even have their cameras on. And I still know their soul. Like I don't even know what they look like, but like I know you're it. You know, it's it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so so many beautiful things that you have yeah. in the world. Where is the best place for people to connect with you or learn more about you? I would go to um, cindyingram.com has information about the book, the podcast, the circle, 
um, cindyingram.com slash circle, cindyingram.com slash book, you know, like that sort of thing. And then um, my main social media platform that I like is Facebook. I also post um, to Instagram as well, but Facebook is where I spend most of the time. And I'm just as Cindy Ingram there because I also have an entire other business for art teachers, which is Art Class Curator. But so if you're an art teacher listening randomly, you can go to artclasscurator.com. But Amazing. We'll link all of those, of course, in the episode description. Um, And I truly do encourage you if, if, if this episode resonated or sparked a little wondering inside you um, to explore all of these beautiful offerings that Cindy has um, because, oh my gosh, like the, the path to, to healing and growth and self-discovery is just it, it, I feel like there is sparkling with possibility and that art can be, can be your guide and your friend in that journey. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Cindy. Thank you for having me. It was a great time. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. I hope you loved it as much as I did. And if today's episode caused those little sparkles inside you of curiosity or wonder, I really hope you take the time to check out Cindy's work, whether it's her new book, Art is About Being Whole, or her podcast, Art and Self with Cindy Ingram. She is such an incredible resource. Or maybe this episode inspired you to head to your local art gallery. I would love, love, love to hear if you had a big takeaway from the episode today or a thought that is lingering with you. You can reach out to me at on Instagram at Megan L. Johnston, or send me an email, hello at meganjohnston.com. And one more thing before you go. If you have enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general, it would mean the world to me if you took just a moment to leave a rating or review, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is one of the biggest ways that you can support the show And I'm just so grateful if you've already done either of those things as well. Until next time, keep living with heart and wonder.